cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show. Hello, B2. Hey, B1. How are you doing? Okay, and you, buddy? Cool. Glad to be in the studio with you in good, another good. week. I couldn't hear you there for a second. I thought oh, it was sorry. either old age, dirty ears, or maybe the levels were wrong on the mixer. Just really low, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, another, can you believe like we're almost at the end of January? No. Huh? No. It's like nuts. Um, your, your folks always tell you it's going to like time gets faster as you get older and you're like, yeah, whatever. Careful. Careful now. <laughs> Okay, I'm a lot older than you. Don't yeah. get my time making. So you, so you mean I'm feeling it and not you? Is that what you say? Time goes super fast. No, oh, no, it's absolutely insane. I have a piece of paper in my hand. How cool is that? That says. Yeah, so this is our WhatsApp number, guys. So I'm still waiting for someone to WhatsApp. I really would like someone just to send a message. And even if you say you suck, I don't care. But just send me a message so I can actually <laughs> see if this money system that they've spent on actually works. So the WhatsApp number is 0797482090 or if you prefer to stay on Twitter hashtag futurology @cliffcentral.com um yeah so let's get to the app of the week true story uh, <laughs> what is this <laughs> this one Brett I actually yes. chose specially for you oh cool thank okay. you it's called untapped okay so it's untapped without the e so yeah, that's, that's how you spell app names these days. You just yeah, got to remove a whole bunch of vowels. Well, it's the only way to get cool that. That's actually okay. So let's digress. Look, a squirrel. That's actually quite interesting. <laughs> squirrels rock. <laughs> squirrels rock. Yes, Brett Saint Clair. There you go. Um, it's actually quite interesting. The you know everyone was squatting on names and coming up with these cool names and buying all the URLs, and now the young app developers are basically talking Newspeak like they did in 1984, the book. Yes. Um, and they're abbreviating. So we don't have to say untapped anymore because untapped without an E is perfect. Yeah. So well I'm done just for amazed buying it's not untapped. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you guys suck. You could have shortened it even more. Yeah. But the reason why it's an app for you, my fine friend. Yes. You remember WizKey? Our WizKey app that, that takes note of all of our favorite drams? Yes. It's the beer app version of oh, WizKey. Cool. So By the what, same guys? No, 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 oh. no. I found this overseas, but it has a lot more features. Yeah. Okay. You can actually discover new beers and bars near your location. Yeah. So now specifically this works in places like America where the micro brewing industry is massive. Yes. Okay. I mean, you can go, I've been to Milwaukee, which is the home of beer. I mean, SAB's head office is there. Yeah. And um, it's also the home of Harley Davidson, but that's a different show. But basically um, you can walk around a block literally and find a beer that's not sold anywhere else except for that block because the consumption and demand for it yeah. is so big by the local populace that they can only service. They truly are micro craft brewers. So this that now cool. lets you find beer. So let's say like someone said to you, you've got to try. I must Devil's say I've Peak. never really had a lot of trouble finding a beer. <laughs> no, I've never. I just, I just, my problem is, is that when she brings it to me, it hasn't been opened. She. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm, well, if she's not listening to the show, I can't get into trouble, can I? Sorry, girl. Love you lots. Um, oh, so anyway, um, besides showing the bars near you, then can actually search by that beer. So it gives you an opportunity to look for these micro beers. Yeah. You get personalized recommendations from your mates. Um, what's very cool is in your profile picture, you actually put the beer that you currently drinking. Now I know, let's give them a punt, the hogshead guys. Okay. Yeah. When we have beer o'clock together, we are normally always drinking one of their uh, brew hogs. Brews. Yeah. Bru- uh, brew hogs, hogs, brews. Listen to me, brew hogs. Such a good punt. Sorry guys, brew hogs. Um, I think they're the same bunch anyway. So probably are yeah. the same. But the thing is, is that 
you, you've always got a different keg running there. Yeah. So like on your profile, you'd say, you know, rocking the brew hogs number one yes. or amber red or whatever it is. So it's just quite cool. And then it, it also will share your activity to Twitter and Facebook. That is and, very cool. Downloaded now. Yeah. And you actually, and it then doesn't work here yet. I haven't played to try and like compete with people because that was the neck of the last part. They've got a four square style integration. So you can actually get badges. I drink more beer than you. Well, exactly. <laughs> Look, South Africans are going to rock that out. Okay. So now that you've downloaded it, I was waiting for you to get it. I've downloaded it. I've yes. set up a profile and then we can be friends and we can oh, drink virtually. This is really cool. I know. It's fantastic. Virtual beer. I don't think virtual beer is going to do as well as real beer. I tell you what, it's very good for your waistline <laughs> though. Huh? Do you remember the iPhone 3 when it first came out? One of the first apps that was available was that stupid drinking the beer. I do remember that. Yeah. I actually do. But you actually, in fact, what even better than that, that was. <laughs> there's a, a, a cell phone case I saw for the iPhone 5 or 6. Oh, yeah? Which has got a glass of wine on the back, like yep. a clear plastic with real liquid in it. So when you put your phone up to uh, your, okay. you, know, you've got this glass pouring. Well, it'll so save I'll you in the in case of an emergency if it blows up. It hopefully puts it up for you straight away, which is good. Hundred percent. So that's my my app of the week. It's yeah. uh, untapped. It's been tweeted out. Um, staying with well, I wouldn't say staying with apps. Yeah. Do you use Opera, the the web browser? We have used Opera. Apparently, it's like the most used browser in Africa. Yes, it actually is. Yeah. But there's a reason for that. Okay, so that's Opera Mini. Okay. Yes, so phones, for a lot yes. of listeners, there's actually quite a very cool story behind Opera. I, I got to meet some of their big guys at Mobile World Congress okay. a year or two ago, whenever it was. So the story of the Opera is very simple. The reason why they're so dominant in Africa is yeah. mobile, is Opera Lite. Okay, okay. So Opera Lite or Opera Mini, um, really crashes data usage. Like, takes it down by two thirds. Okay. Okay. So it, serving only what you absolutely have to see. Correct. And it'll, it'll always give you the choice on visuals, um, content, media, etc. So in an emerging market, that makes sense. But then they started doing some really cool stuff. They built the opera store. So they played, they, I think they made a play too early before we went to streaming TV and that, but they'd built up a whole content store where you'd be able to sell your content. Yes. So like YouTube, but for money. Yeah. We now call it Netflix. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. This, this is these guys. They came out with one. I can't remember. I think it was called Opera VPN. Uh, it's got like this cool little Viking logo icon. Okay. So you had a built-in VPN. So you didn't have to turn your VPN on on your phone. Okay. So you basically used that as your browser. Yes. And it automatically put the VPN in play. So your privacy was it. So these guys are really cutting edge. Now, this is the Futurology show. Yes. So the reason why we spent this whole minute talking about Opera this is they've just launched out a beta of Opera Neon. Okay. Yep. I have never seen such a sexy you are in my life. Okay. Now we've actually got Dean sitting in the studio here. He'll weigh in on this just now. In fact, Dean, your, your mic's on, buddy. So you can say hello. Hello. Okay. But you didn't actually really have to say hello. You could have just <laughs> <Yeah>. said hi. <laughs> so Dean, Dean's from Big Brave Digital, um, Brett's company. Yep. And, um, yeah, he, he was, he obviously didn't want to, he, he's like a little puppy, Brett. He didn't want to be left at the office when you came, so you brought him with. Yeah, well, Dean, <laughs> Dean's got some interesting things to say from time to time, and I figured we'd, uh, bring him around to the show, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, well, we have, we have some great things, and sometimes we need to be checked. Yeah, you're right. So, so it'd, it'd, can it'd be nice to bring Dean, who occasionally listens to the show, just third to kind of keep us in check. Hey? So, third umpire. The yeah. Third, now, Dean, I, correct the me if I'm wrong, but you work, <laughs> you work on web predominantly at the studio, don't you? Motion um, graphics. Yeah, motion graphics mostly, but I actually okay. do use Opera as my browser. Right, so you are going to love this. In fact, you can give me your verdict on it. Um, I don't think it's available on your phone. I see you grabbing your phone. I think it's only desktop at the moment. But basically what they've done is they've trying to show us what the web of the future is going to look like. Okay. Now, on the show, Brett, you and I are always saying how much we believe apps are going 
and um, yeah. we're going to move to web and all that kind of cool stuff. Um, this is damn close to, I think, what you and I had in our heads. Okay. okay. So first of all, um, you have these floating balls yeah. in the middle of your screen. And they use a thing they call gravity. So every time, you know when on normal Opera, if you, or even other pages, when you open up pages regularly, they stay in your startup in blocks. Yes. So these are now these spheres, okay? That's not what makes it futuristic. It learns. The more frequently you use them, they rise to the top. So the ones that you're looking for, so it's AR, they're actually there. So I've got like Cliff Central and I've got my company website and that they're floating on the top of the list. So you can scroll down. Um, so they, yeah. they refer to it as almost a speed dial. Um, and when it you, uses Google. It uses Google. So straight away in the top is a Google search bar. It is Boom. good looking, eh? It, it's really nice, eh? It's beautiful. It's like minimalist and immersive and everything you need from what now, browser Now, here's the next one, video pop-out. Yeah. Okay, so when you're watching a YouTube video and you want to carry on with something, you can actually pop yeah. the video out because it has a built-in split-screen function. So it uses the split-screen engine to pop the video out of wherever you are so you can carry on working with the video still playing. Now, any other browser, you, you can't right do that. The ground, Dean. Hmm? It does suit you yeah. down. You get your videos. Video pop out. But if you think about it, on Safari, or you have to just drag the tab out of out the of, collection yeah. of tabs. Mm-hmm. And then if you click on one, it disappears. This doesn't. It stays there. Okay. Again, going back to that whole user experience um, discussion. Um, it's like a whole operating system. It's actually not a browser. It's like a browser-based OS. That's what they're mm-hmm. saying. And that's what you and I have been saying about yeah. apps. Now, those balls that they've got that are floating around, those could be your apps that you use. So you're kind of already seeing the integration. When you click into it, you've got a Google engine that's there to search. And then one of the other things I thought was really, really clever is the crop and snap. So if you want to copy and paste an image or whatever, yeah. it's just got a tool built into it because that's what you're oh. doing. You're researching on the web. That's coming. Now you've got to open – like on a Mac, it's Command-Shift-4. You just oh, yeah, click yeah, a button yeah, yeah, yeah. and you drag it. It's done. So well done, Opera, yes. really. I mean I thought that was just well, – it's downloaded on my side and it is immediately <laughs> – it's light. Did you notice? My navigation. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it will learn from you. You'll see in a, in a week or two's time, the, the, the sites that you visit frequently will float to the top because I've been testing it. Yeah. So I, I was really impressed with it. Um, I just thought that it's, it's a win. Yeah. Um, right. And then from Ofra to coughing. Like, not because I need to cough. Coughing. Okay. <laughs> but, but basically, there's a coughing billboard. Okay, so um, a billboard that coughs. The company is called Apotech. I think they make a product to stop you smoking. Okay, but it detects smokers in its vicinity and then starts coughing. Do you know about this, Dean? <laughs> Do you, Dean? I'm a smoker, so yeah. I don't even want that close to me. I don't. I don't, I don't actually know. I don't know which country um, they did it in. I can probably tell you, but basically, it's a digital billboard. I actually want to talk about digital billboards for a second. There's a lot of forums going around at the moment with people moaning on William Nickel that they're actually getting blinded, specifically in the rain. Yes. Okay. This is a problem because yes. the future is digital. Yep. We know that. They're seeing more revenues, programmatic. This is your world, right? Yep. yep. Engaging content, yeah. Weigh in on that because this is a, you know, this could, this could kill a technology before it actually Goes. So there has already been a lot of sort of responsible things, specifically around energy as well as brightness and distraction on, Things And there's always, to be honest, any new tech is always, especially in the public spaces, are always going to generate some sort of negative press. Um, just because uh, not everybody is ready for change as I think we are. But what they've done in terms of the brightness on those types of uh, digital billboards is they've, they've got a 50% brightness and they've got a 100% like 
burn your retina brightness. And one's supposed to be used during the day when there is bright everywhere and it stands out, and the other one's supposed to be done at night. The other day I was driving down Main Road, and I think if anybody from Continental Outdoors is listening, yeah. you had it the wrong way around. <laughs> so you you, the they had half brightness during the day, which made it almost impossible to see. Oh, I see uh, and uh, the, so at night you obviously don't need it to be as bright, and therefore it's cool. But the distraction factor is, A, it is a distraction factor. You are supposed to be paying attention to the car in front of you, uh, and not only when you're in its boot, but just <laughs> just <laughs> pay attention. Um so I always say that every car has a uh, indica- uh, parking indicator, distance indicator, and it's basically called the bumper. Yeah. But they are a distraction, um, and especially in this day and age of everybody doing uh, what, what squirrels rock and the ADHD all over the place. However, it is the, the way of the future. I think what they need to start doing, especially advertisers, uh, need to start exercising a lot more of the social responsibility in those spaces. So have something that engages but doesn't necessarily – you're not putting it there to distract everybody for a long time. You just need to get your attention across, get the message across. So the dwindling rate of people's attention these days has gone all the way down to four, and a, four to five seconds. So you shouldn't really need to do anything that is overly distracting for anything more than that duration of time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it is. It's going to be a social responsibility thing. It's It's unfortunately one of those sort of – Bleeding edge innovations that isn't heavily regulated at the moment. So we're going to have to watch the space. I think all I can do is share sort of opinions and potential best practice advice. But yeah, I like them. I think they're cool. No, I don't get me wrong. I like them as well. And I like the fact that you can look at something that's probably relevant yeah. as well. And you can actually start sending information through. Um, I actually looked up on what I was doing about no, Go Figure, Sweden. Yeah. They came up with this. I mean, they come up with some amazing outdoor stuff. Yeah. But, um, it is going to be a problem because remember, at the end of the day, the consumer power is there. Yep. So if, if enough people complain, it's going to kill what could actually be a beneficial industry as opposed to, oh gosh, there's the same billboard for washing powder. To be honest, I think they'd have a better better chance as consumer power getting rid of billboard advertising altogether than to try and say, well, digital advertising is worse than static advertising because – as we move forward into the future, we're, we've got to start taking a bit more of an eco-awareness view to the planet that is called True. our home. And when you look at the sort of textiles used in these static billboards and the cost to not only print them, but to distribute them. And there's been a lot of great movements in that space where they are taking uh, recycled single-use plastics and putting them into uh, billboards. So all the plastic pa- packets that come from the shopping groceries things, they melt them down, put them into the into thing, the and, print, PVC, yeah. and then print onto them. Yep. Um, it is it inherently increases the cost of advertising uh, because you have to do all of those things. Uh, it also doesn't allow you to have multiple advertisers in one space. And as much as we want to argue that advertisers don't help the planet, they actually are good well, revenue money, generators it, it, and it's job creation. Well, you, you mentioned that, and you're talking about the efficiency. Um, you you stumbled across an absolute pull, which was internet. Internet, yeah. So I think that's a fantastic lead into internet is the the energy consumption. So what what we're talking about here, we don't have lisps or speech impediments. Yep. Um, Brett too found an article saying energy is the new internet, yep. and they've on, called it on TechCrunch.com. Internet. So yep. TechCrunch.com is the reference point. But even without reading into it, mm. it's quite obvious. Yeah. We're sitting in a total digital world. You're listening to us today because of digital. Yeah. If there's no energy, there's no us. 
there's no nothing actually because we've lost all our data. We've lost everything. You can't just Google it because you can't turn it, it on. Yeah. Um, what I came across was when I was, when, when you sent this thing through to discuss is like things like solar city. Yeah. You know, you've got these like farms, I suppose is the right way to describe it. Guys yeah. are taking out crops or going into arid regions like the deserts and putting down cities sized solar panels. Yeah. You S- know, sustainable solutions for the future. Uh, so well, there's the futurology show. Yeah. So it's pretty appropriate. <laughs> so just a, an early description of Enanet. It is a noun. It is a, a dynamic, distributed, redundant, and multi-participant energy network built around clean energy generation, storage, and delivery, and serving as the foundation for smart cities. And that's what they're calling it at the moment. That's what the, the sort of definition is at this current point in time. Obviously, we know people like Elon Musk playing very heavily in that space with the Tesla and yep. the solar cities and all those. The, the gigafactories, uh, hopefully there's going to be one in, in Western Cape. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, but it really is going to become the new energy. There's this idea that, I mean, in our office park, we've got solar panels on our roof. And the idea that you can actually give back into this shared, this shared resource of power is huge. There's no, use what you need to use. And then any excess needs to be redistributed to, the betterment of everybody else. Yeah. And we've gotten to the point where things like internet access, are, it's arguably not a luxury anymore. It's become a necessity for day-to-day living. The problem with things like the internet and all the content that exists on the web is access. So the next part of access to the internet is obviously energy. And past energy is the fact that we actually have to keep living on this rock that spins around the sun every 365 days. So we need to keep the rock alive and in so doing, make sure that we have more efficient ways of doing, getting away from fossil fuels. So you're winning on the green front, but still creating meaningful and sustainable ways of access to things like the internet. Well, there's still another kicker there. And this is something that Africa needs to learn as well, um, is that energy is a commodity. We've got to also stop this parastatal crap that's going on. Only one utility can supply for two reasons. One, they can't supply. I mean, yeah. we've lived through load shedding and all kinds of things, so there's no other choice. But number two… Some of it seems vindictive as well sometimes. That, that's exactly <laughs> what I was getting to. It's almost dictatorial in yeah, the yeah. sense that if you look at – like I know I know someone in America who sells her electricity, her own electricity from her house. Yeah. So they all have allowances and usage you know, based on per square meter or square foot or whatever. And whatever you don't use, you can put back into the grid and it's sold. She yeah. actually runs a from-home business selling her electricity. Um, so when you are frugal and you make sure the lights are off when you're not in the room, that saving can actually be turned into real tangible dollars. Yes. Now, besides the fact that you're saving and reducing consumption, you are providing a, a, a resource that everyone else can use and you're also making it more affordable and you're making it competitive. I mean, I'm sure there's enough investors out there that would come and turn the whole Kalahari into a solar farm, but it's not in ESCOM's interest to do it because yeah. then you've got another player. So... You know, we actually do need to push back on that is that all these countries that are crying and needing this type of stuff, look yeah. at your governments and stop the utilities being owned by the governments and let people like, – I mean, Elon Musk would come in here and throw money at it yeah. because he doesn't care whether he makes money. You know, he doesn't need to. But as yeah. soon as there's that kind of sustainable energy, we can get all other kinds of cool stuff as well. Yeah. I think there's, there's a certain amount of sort of philanthropic means and altruistic intentions behind people trying to – give energy to poorer places or more remote places. But it's beyond that now. I think it's become a responsibility that that is necessitated in, in those spaces. You, it, if you're going to be a power 
generator or supplier in, a, in any sort of nation, you need to you need to acknowledge the fact that you can provide power for everybody. And it doesn't always mean that you have to put up a nuclear thermo station in order to do it. You can assist people by subsidizing solar panels, yeah. uh, taking taking load off the grid. Well, that's what you, but besides that, the bottom line is we need to create jobs. We need to create income. And this is the next big thing. We could create entrepreneurs by creating these these grids that are yeah. self-sustaining so that the energy is almost free. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so, so a mate of mine has actually done this. He did a solar project. He's put over 19 solar panels, which he got from Canada. Uh, in his first year, he generated four megawatts of power. Canada doesn't have sun. How would they not even build a solar panel? Well, maybe it was cheap because nobody knew what they were actually building. <laughs> we want these shiny plates, eh? Um, uh, the things that we use outside. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, with 16 batteries, they're able to get eight plus hours of backup power for three houses. Wow. Uh, so it's pretty independent of, uh, of, of Eskom. And I think that's, that's sort of a route that a lot of people are going to start taking. It's not just energy. It's things like agriculture as well. Um, spaces where everybody has a need. It doesn't matter where the, which one of the seven and a half billion people you are on the planet. Most people need access to, to electricity, but everybody needs access to food. Yeah. So there's a, there's a huge amount of things around. Agriculture, the shared and collaborative growing, but we're going to get into that, I think, just now as well. Yes, and, and, we and, the, and we, the future of food and all that and how it's going to sustain. Definitely. So, speak, funny enough, though, we all talk about these electric cars and sustainability yes. in that. Tesla's main competitor is obviously not a competitor. Fairfield or something, it looks like they're yeah, already on the rocks. And they were like oh, really? big at CES, eh? Yes. No, there's talks Good looking car, though. Yeah. But there's talks that there's trouble. So it's obviously there's a lot. The Faraday in, future. Faraday, that's yeah. it. There's a lot involved uh, to actually do that, and that's why people like Musk and so are, are you know are, are kind yeah. of pioneering and winning. But I use that to lead into a thing bringing it local. Bidvest. So for the international yeah. li- listeners, Bidvest is quite a big company that owns quite a few different services. They've just launched Snap Drive. Okay, um, it's a smartphone that locates and unlocks. And starts the car. So it's a rental car. Remember, they own Imperial, one of their rental cars. So your, your phone locates and unlocks and starts the car. So everything works from the car, the, the phone. That's so they've cool. obviously adapted. What it does for them is it measures speed. It's route, called Snap. Snap. Um, you got me. Snap Drive with two Ps. So Snap P Drive. Okay. Um, it measures speed. It measures your route and consumption. Um, the problem for me is you can't drive it like you stole it anymore. I mean, the best <laughs> thing about getting a rental car is Don't that Don't be you, gentle. It's a rental. Yeah, the 1400 drives like a four liter. <laughs> um, my only concern with something like this is what happens when your phone battery dies or if your phone's stolen? Because, you know, I haven't, I haven't found much information about it and I know it's in a beta. I hope that, you're not in the fast lane when that happens. No, no. I mean, once you're in, you're driving, you're driving. Yeah. But, you know, it, my phone at the moment, the battery, I'm not getting a full day. It's coming to the end of life. I carry a battery pack around to keep it charged. If I forget it, my phone dies. It's unlucky. I can't start my rental car. You know, um, I can't find my rental car because I don't know where to locate it. I can't start it. So I think we, we kind of still need to look at the, the good old manual backup system yeah. before we become too tech centric. But I like the innovation. That's why I'm giving mention to it that they, they're doing something that kind of still plays into the, you know, the whole innovation, it's a little bit more than um, just a car that you so rent with an app. Innovation drives innovation. And if there's a need, uh, innovation. No, Snapdrive, innovation <laughs> gets driven by Snapdrive. Okay, cool. 
So if there's a need for ba- for phones not to ever turn off or to blow up ever, um, <laughs> then there will be a drive for better battery powers. And we've just spoken about solar panels. What did Mazda say to Ford? I don't recall. <laughs> Exactly. I had to recall that. That was brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. But things blowing up. So <laughs> they they're already talking about putting solar panels on cars. Yeah, um, especially electric cars. So they sort of trickle charge themselves, but they also then power any of the electrics in the car passively. So you're not actually using the driving batteries for the car. Yeah, you're using it only for the car for driving, and not for any of the radios or charging your phone. So again, I like those kind of things. I like it when new innovation hits a problem because it it's it creates the need for someone to innovate something more. I was listening to the Renegade Report yesterday, and they had the uh, the professor Ian Benson was on it, and he, he was a colourful ch- chap. But uh, he was talking about idea sex. He didn't mention innovation. He was talking about idea sex, how two ideas come together and something amazing comes out. I have an idea. You have, have an idea. Sex. Yes. Ooh, yeah, idea get, sex. Get in, get into it, and. Uh, yeah, so I like that idea. The uh, innovation is idea sex. It's it's two ideas coming together and giving birth to some better idea, and that type of thinking really starts to change the way in which the future is shaped. And it's not going to be through fear of what if it doesn't work. It's going to be a fear of well, how do we make it work better? Yeah. Well, not a fear. It's going to be a drive to make it work better. That'd be cool. Keep using that pun, sorry. So you hinted at food, and we were, we were leading onto it from energy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to open that precursor to food. You know what the Roomba is? That I little, like food. Do you like food? I love food. Dean, do you like food? Yeah. I cannot yeah. understand anorexia or bulimia. No. I, it doesn't. It's just, it but just, it's a real thing. So sh- no, no, no. But I, I, I cannot understand not wanting to eat. It's yeah. my happy time. In fact, I eat too much. But um, you know the Roomba, the little... Robotic vacuum cleaner that runs vacuum. around. Yeah, yeah. Now you get Grillbot. Okay, this is the heart <laughs> of lazy. I'm saying this because of your Wally, uh, your my, Wally concern. I, I, honestly, I think I have an irrational fear of becoming the Wally. Okay, well now characters. you really do. So you're out and you're having a good bra slash barbecue, and the worst part about that at the end is obviously cleaning the grill. Don't worry, no more. Oh, yeah, dum dum that. dum. You can now get Grillbot. You stick this thing on your grill and it runs around your grill with these like steel spiky things, and it. Cleans your grill, That's and the scary thing is, it's not a concept. It's yeah. a, I think you can it's, buy like it now. Yeah, it's about one hundred twenty dollars or something. So you can sit back and enjoy your beer as opposed to standing with a beer in one hand. And, and if you scraping. join the mail list, you'll get thirty percent off your next Grillbot or Grillbot bundle purchase. There we go. Okay. But probably doesn't ship to shameless, South Africa. Shameless punt. Anyway, right. Go to <laughs> and food. they come in different colors. It's really important. Okay, no, that is important. It has to match your grill. <laughs> so you've come across some really. Let's call it interesting. Well, things it was, it was more, it's an observation. Okay. And being a philosopher, you kind of don't stick to the fundamental reasons as to why people are doing it. You've got to ask why they had started it and what their hopes are from it. Um, and one or two people sort of starting their own little home farm or their self-sufficient little wicking basket or herb garden or whatever it might be. That doesn't get too much attention. But eventually you get to the point where people are actually playing with aquaponics and hydroponics and aquaculture where thanks to the internet i mean people can google what is aquaculture i know what aquaponics is okay, that's so using aqu- water and they're hanging is, from the hydroponics same yeah, thing aquaculture is using fish and so you have a fish farm that is actually creating nitrate rich water that then gets put onto the vegetables really yes i did so not know putting, that so it's is used, this real yes. i mean it's like that's not a concept it's a real thing so you'll see a lot of the 
so these uh, tunnels. Aquaculture. Aquaculture. Sure. I did so, not know that. Um, when you get you get these things happening, and you thanks to the internet, anybody can sort of research it. And there's a glut of information on Google and Pinterest, um, all over the place about how to take your home self-sufficient gardening to the next level and build a tunnel, build a greenhouse, build something where you have used an old IBC, you know, those thousand liter uh, bowsers of water. Yeah. yeah, Like the, Um, like the Jojo and IBC. Yeah. So it's a smaller version of that generally goes in trucks. Um, and you put that in place and you start uh, doing – the nice thing about it, the, the one guy saw, he could you could do a – essentially start your caprese salad. So you could do a – you could grow your basil. You could grow tomato. Um, and then I like the idea of fish and chips personally. So you have your aqua – you have your fish. Hold on a second. These are the same fish that are working their asses off to make nitrates. Are you going to eat them? Yeah, you're going to eat them. They're in. They're in their own. They're in very. They're in. Clean Talk water. about a crap job, huh? So you work. No, what you, you do work is your you whole life making nitrates, and then you get charred. Well, they they do it passively anyway. So all we're doing is using waste product that would already already be there, and just redirecting it into a space that actually generates a more efficient growth somewhere else. So things like potatoes need pretty nitrogen rich, fertile soil to to do well. So the the nitrate rich water comes off of Fishing and then into potato farms, and now you have fish and chips. So, <laughs> cool. I mean, it's not like a click of the finger or anything, but it's it's sustainable. And that's the important thing. So, there's all this research around uh, the efficiency of growing meat, and tilapia fish are probably one of the most efficient per kilogram meat producers. Stop. Yes, you've read up on the problems of tilapia and what they're feeding them if they're not in control. Duck, duckweed, yeah, yeah, no, but don't just apparently. Waste, all kinds of crap goes into these fish. They're, they've been picking up big problems. It's higher in nine instead of six omegas. Yep. So, what you put in now. is what you put out. But you're worried about what the tilapia are eating, what we get from the tilapia, but you should be worried about what we eat ourselves. We don't really know what goes into a McDonald's burger all the time. Of we don't we really do. It's 100% beef. From 100% it's beef. Eyelids, eyeballs, yeah, yeah. brain, vein. I mean, let's not knock McDonald's. I, I quite like smashing one of their. Funny burgers into my face every now and again because it literally fills the hole. But I think that's the, the sign of society is that convenience has started to overwhelm careful or social responsible yeah. eating. Um, but the problem is, and I mentioned it earlier, there's 7.5 billion people on the planet at the moment, give or take 100 million. Um, they reckon in 2050 there's going to be 9 billion people. Now, whether that's true or not, and Dean's got some thoughts that he was mentioning earlier on how we actually self-regulating as a as humanity and population control. But um, let's say we have to share the planet with 9 billion people in 22 years' time. 30, how's my math on that? 32 years' time. I think so. So we're going to end up having to share all this resource, and cows need to grow in order to give us meat, but they need to have plants in order to grow. They need to eat lucerne or whatever they're grazing on. The, that lucerne needs to be watered, which we have a crisis as well. Um, so all in all, not an overly sufficient model for sustaining 7.5 billion people, let alone nine. So there's been a lot of – again, this is innovation being driven through need. I'm laughing. Sorry, Brett. I'm thinking of your Wally 
fear. Terrified. If right? we don't have enough food to sustain us now, there ain't going to be none of those fat slabs lying on on those things. No, well, there will be because be we'll be. Slabs. And I'm I'm using the fingers, <laughs> then, but we're going to be eating 100% pure beef McDonald's burgers or some sort of pre-manufactured synthetic version of meat. Now it's getting scary. The but, synthetic meat. So they're talking about synthetic meat. Huh. The problem is, it's not. I mean, it's it's nowhere near at at a point where they can. Uh, get it for mass production. So they've actually already made the first hamburger using synthetically generated meat in a lab. Um, the unfortunate thing is the feasibility studies wouldn't work because it costs 4.9 million rand for a, for that one burger to, to produce it with all the research and generation and stuff. But they can grow pork and they can grow beef and they can grow chicken and they use it using stem cells from other, from, from the living animal and they can grow specifically a breast of a chicken. And there was a great I wonder if quote. Paul could finally be kosher now because it didn't come from a pig. Or mind you know, you said it's a stem cell. Well, it was generated from a pig. Okay, so, so it's still not kosher because, uh, you know, I might have finally got to try bacon. So, But now I guess I can't. Well, one of the interesting <laughs> things on the picture that I found in, in an article in the very interesting magazine, which we will be in touch with you guys soon, uh, is on the label of the synthetic meat it says, suitable for vegetarians. No. So maybe it, uh, he, maybe it will be kosher. So for the listeners, he's actually got a magazine in his hand. I yes. Do. Good old school manual. Yeah. Flap it so we can hear that paper. There we go. <laughs> and it's suitable for... Now that is hypocritical if ever there was. Want to eat meat but don't want to kill the animal? You're good. Buy veggie meat or whatever it's called. This is not a but, real product yet. So since this is concept. But again, so... Continuously looking past today and the future and the future of the future, we have synthetic meat. Do we really have a need for cows? They're going to become – they'll become pets, hopefully, so they stick around. It's one freaking big pet. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping your house. Honey, have you seen the car? Yeah, you threw clothes on it. When you or they'll be, become extinct. The human race is very good at discarding yeah, we things are we quite a good. And we, we, we effectively created it anyway. So if we don't need it anymore, yeah. gone. It's good for the ozone. No yeah. more methane gas emission. But uh, old – Trump is trying to make sure that America is first and that there's a whole bunch of new innovation over there. So they reckon that of that population growth that the the, the need and requirement from the states will probably stay pretty stable as the population grows because it's going to be all the developing countries that will actually add to that. And the big thing there is trying to get these resources through to, to those developing places. So an interesting space. It is. What the future of food will look like. Um, but it's beyond all of that as well. So – we spoke about going onto Google and, and using the information we can pull out of Google to help us build a farm or some sort of collaborative farming. And now we can actually start sharing. So Dean can go and you can grow broccolis and all the other stuff that is all the green stuff. And I'll grow all the red stuff. And Brett, be one, you can grow all the orange stuff. Oh, no, I want and then, the green stuff. Whatever. Okay, thank you. You get the point. So, But we collaboratively share our crops. And it's take it's we've – we're eating what we're making. We're as efficient as possible. And there probably will be leftovers. So we're able to share that with a fourth person that hasn't had to do anything in order to get it. I'm going to throw a different curve at that. You you were talking about Uber Eats the other day and that yes. you enjoy using them. Yeah. I, I've used them. If you haven't used Uber Eats, it's fantastic. The only thing Why I'm, wouldn't they create Chris, their own doing that food? Sorry. Why wouldn't they just create their own? Think about that now. Eventually. So you've got the trans, you, you've got the last mile. That's yes. what Uber Eats is. That's the holy grail for any business is the last mile. That yes. was what stopped Fiber and DSTV and all those good things. So now you hit your app and you say you want a Philly cheesesteak. Yes. They get in the car, they drive to Lonel, they get your Philly cheesesteak, they bring it to your office, right? Cool. 
Why? Now with synthetism, they could yeah. just create it. They've got everything there. I'm, I'm saying they, they would build up these labs. So you'd give it the taste that you want, yeah. the description that you want. They generate what they need to on a just in time, on demand. I don't know how long it takes yeah. to produce, and boom. So now you don't actually need restaurants so anymore. Thinking bigger than that, then <laughs> you won't even need Uber in the future for food delivery. Suppose you just create it yourself, and it'll, you it will appear. Well, you just 3D print your yeah, synthetic you're meat. right. It's synthetic. You I'm, I'm going to 3D print myself a T-bone. Sure, without the bone. It's scary, <laughs> and you know the scary thing is it's real because these guys are actually playing in this space. It's not. We're not just yeah. sitting at Chatting, it's what, coming. One of the immediate scary things, and it was on uh, Sky News this morning, the amount of plastic that is now in the ocean, Yeah, the, the tonnage of plastic in the ocean will al- almost exceeds the amount of fish tonnage in the ocean. Yeah, that's that's um, actually disgusting. And we're a disgusting species. We are. We're awful. Um, and that's why I'm worried about AI coming to realization that we're actually part of the problem rather than the solution. <laughs> and then just taking us out. Yeah, Skynet's coming, bro. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt now. We've threatened for three weeks now to try and finish off on CES. I keep posting we're going to finish off on yeah. CES, and there was some really cool stuff. So There really is. Um, you've got a link. I had some other stuff in there. Yeah. I've got basically the most anticipated gadgets of this year. I don't know if your link is more fun than my link or your, your content, but I can start it off. Yeah, work with yours, yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's the iPhone 8, but that wasn't a CES discussion, but it is one of the most anticipated. We know it's coming. This one is cool, the Nintendo Switch. Okay, so I've mentioned the Swift, the the, the Switch before yeah. on another show, but now with CS it was there. So it's basically a little console that's a tablet. Okay, so you can actually take it with you. Yeah. But then when you get home, it clips into a like a docking station, and you have remote controls, and you now play it via your TV. Okay, so you've got the the hybrid. You remember how we had phablets? Now you've got like gablets, I suppose, or gamelets. I don't know. Okay. There'll be a word for it. Yeah. But basically, you can continue your game wherever you are. You can come back, plug it, and now you're playing on the big screen. Um, they they say that it's going to go on sale as soon as March. So that's wow. quite cool. Um, What's great about those things? Um, it's the, the the two handles on the sides have the controllers that come off. Yes, that's right. That you put in, and then you can actually give the one controller to someone and play two players. On so one it's designed, game. it's designed for interactive engaging. Yes. And you can play. put it in your TV. I forgot about that. You're 100% right. Put it in there. So you actually have, you've got your controllers and everything is all part of it. And it's actually smaller. The packet, it's like the Nintendo Wii size in yeah. total, but with the screen and all that in there. So, um, um, that's something. But then straight off the bat, they start talking about, um, coming out with another thing called the Switch. So this is also, they're like kind of, we haven't heard from Nintendo now. All of a sudden, they're doing everything. You know, they're like, yeah. so I don't know what the switch is about. I didn't find too much info on it. But staying with the consoles, okay. Mm. The statement was, "Who needs Xbox One?" Now, all I've heard from my son for the last six months is, "Dad, I need an Xbox One." Okay, Project Scorpio oh, is yeah? the keyword. Okay, um, apparently it's going to come up this year. It's the it's Microsoft's next gen console. It's going to carry. Listen to the six teraflops. Of gaming power. What? Yeah, you'd have to Google what a teraflop is. I know flip flops. They're quite <laughs> cool when you go down to the beach. Um, six teraflops of gaming power, which is more than enough to deliver 4K and VR ready. So VR capable and 4K screen. Um, it's designed to offer the developers the power um, to be able to rival gaming PCs. In fact, they're saying that it'll be priced like a premium console. So you've got this. Um, 
Scorpio, that's what they're calling yeah, it, yeah, yeah. that's going to come straight in and replace Xbox One and PS4 and all these other things, PS4 Pro, which is a VR-ready version. Yeah. Um, and what's nice about it is that all the existing Xbox Gear games, all that kind of stuff, will still run. And they reckon we'll see this by the end of the year. So their big push for Christmas time is going to be Project Scorpio. That's uh, insane. That's all we can find in it. We haven't. There's probably be images and artist views and and all those wonderful things. So, just just to clarify, teraflop is that processing speed or is that storage? Cause you got me. I think it's got to do with the speed at which things are able to compute. It must be because they're referring to being able to deliver enough yes. for 4K. Yes. So it's the speed. So it's a so, RAM reference. Well, it's, a, it's a, pro- a processor speed. reference. It's a processing speed. So yeah, they're, they're going to have a, a CPU that'll. Uh, I think they're talking about an 8-core. Well, CPU. anyone knows what a teraflop is? Teraflop. Hashtag Futurology. So the amount of information passed in a second, basically, or, a, or in a microsecond, and that's where we can get what teraflops are. But you shouldn't, at, at the moment, for a little while in the future, you shouldn't have a need for anything else if you get the Xbox Scorpio. Well, that's basically what they're that's, saying. Yeah. And that with these one, awesome with is these universal very. browser, it is very... Um, Samsung talked about the S8. Everyone stayed away from the stand in case it would blow up. <laughs> Moving swiftly along. So we chatted about the electric car. The Tesla yes. Model 3 was there. Yes. And that was also like half of the show. Yes. Um, so much so that Faraday was had a lot of views and now Faraday's almost gone. Yes. Which is quite sad. Interesting facts though about that Faraday. So the, the it, it would hit 60 miles per hour from a standing start in 2.39 seconds, which is kind of the That's same as the P1, eh? the 100 yeah. in yeah. ludicrous mode. Um, ludicrous so, mode. Yeah, well, it. that's the coolest thing about no, Tesla. It's that ludicrous mode. I think ludicrous every single model mode. has it. It should be quite cool. As explain- it's like a little sign pops of saying, "Are you sure?" Yeah. Before you actually push that. And button. it's one of those one of those uh, UI windows where the, the yes and the no have been inverted, just to make sure that you're really intentional about what you're about to do. Your back, to, your, your teeth will be left in the back seat. So, interesting facts. Yeah, they were saying, is it going to? I mean, it's got 1,050 horsepower. The Faraday. It's, it's, it's. I'm not wild about the name though. But no. did they did they not go too big too quickly, and now they've found themselves on the cutting room floor? Was it just a concept for the company to launch its name? I, I mean, Elon did the same type of thing, huh? I get the feeling that the Faraday future was kind of the same as the 4.9 million rand burger, in that they spent so much money making one that they didn't actually realize how they make it scalable. And Tesla kind of had them at every point there. Whereas all Elon was after was he knew he needed to make an, a, a production. A production line car that was electric powered. That was electric powered, and yeah. he started with rather than saying, "Well, I need to make the car," he was like, "Well, I need to make the production line," and I think that's where the difference in thinking is: think efficient first, and then think cool and innovative thereafter. Well, one of the other ones that I have to mention with Dean here because I know he works. You work. You work on a Mac, don't you? On an iMac. Yes. Okay, so the 2017 iMac was was rumored and thrown around as well. Uh, 5K equipped and VR ready. Now, the one comment that I saw was that, um, you know, even though Apple doesn't have its own VR hardware, a lot of people seem to forget that Apple acquired Mateo two years ago, which was the biggest AR developer in the world. And the Mateo engine could actually turn into, um, can take, you can take AR and turn into VR quite easily, actually. So don't go and knock them and, and, you know, try and play down what they do or don't do. If they're saying it's VR ready, believe me, they've got something. And also more importantly, yeah. Apple collaborates. Beats is a collaboration. Every single show that you watch when they launch a product, they invite experts up to come and talk about it. Yeah. So they'll bring someone up that is a, is VR ready. Um, when do they normally do the IMAX? It's normally 
now. It's the first quarter, and then the tablet yeah. with the tablets, and then yeah. So we're going to be seeing that now. Mm. Um, there were lots of other stuff. I don't know if you've got nicer stuff on your side, but I. I to be honest, I think in, have you got a CS thing? Dean's got a CS yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my my favorite of all of them is the new LG TV. Yes, yeah, we, we did mention that is fantastic. The two point eight millimeter, yeah, whatever, ridiculous. and also the Razer Project Ariana from. We did yeah. talk about that one as well. Okay, I mean, that, see, Brett, he doesn't Dean. listen to our show. Hey? <laughs> they still haven't recovered it. Huh? I've actually okay. been trying to find the block. Oh, the, the Razer stolen Razer. Yeah, you know they stole it, Dean. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so um, there was that. But so uh, Dell have uh, they came out with a uh, a Surface, a twenty four inch. Yes. Surface. Yes, yes, and yes. Everything yes. was about everything that was fantastic. around screens. And there was a lot of screenplay uh at CES this year. And it was it was all about 4K. F- uh 4K, there was some HDR discussion going on, but all in all it was about big, bright, better, and thin was the thing. And yeah, L- LG seemed showing... to win. LG seemed to win on that one. They 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 put it they put it forward. And I mean, that they, the pictures and the videos that you see of the the lady again walking up, and she didn't have white gloves on this time, which is better than CES last huh? year. Where she, well, she didn't have to roll it up. She's that's literally why. peeling it, peeling the TV screen off of the wall. Yeah, um, which I thought was quite quite interesting. Um, Brett, we yeah. talking about the future, but what happened in the past this day? Did you find anything? Oh, was yeah, there anything I actually worthwhile? Gave up. There was, there's always something worthwhile. Apparently, yeah, I mean, like, apparently the past is filled with a lot of really good nuggets. I mean, last week was Morse, and that was funny. That was actually quite important. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if we were at CES in 1915, yes. uh, Alexander Graham Bell would be phoning from New York to Thomas Watson in San okay. Francisco. That's, that's freaking amazing, in 1915. So they did the so first that's actually awesome. transcontinental telephone service was inaugurated this day in 1915. Um the other thing, which was cool, the first nuclear fission experiment of splitting the uranium atom in the U.S. in a basement of Poopin Hall. I would have been pooping if I was in that hall too. If that was it's Jersey, <laughs> isn't it? Thing. Uh, Columbia University. Uh, okay, I just know that Jersey. That was and to Enrico Fermi, the guy that basically ended up on part of the Manhattan Project, making the, the atom bomb. So, in 1939, on this day, the first nuclear fission experiment of splitting the uranium atom was was done. Wow! And uh, yeah, there's there's some great stuff. If anybody is ever interested. On what happened on this day, there is conveniently a website called onthisday.com. Cool. And that's where I get the facts. If you guys would like to see or hear of any others. Hey, you've got to keep the tools of the trade, man. Well, we, we're, we're going down like a conversation street here. The, fa- the, the fast is a pastable? The, blah, 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 blah. the past is a much longer list than what we have to do in the future. All we can do is sort of fathom what the future holds and talk endlessly about it because nobody can ever prove us wrong. But the past has got a documented list of amazing You're stuff. You're just like given the thought of the day almost. Look, yeah. we are actually almost the first transcontinental commercial jet flight. That's Interesting. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And so, that's not that long ago, hey? Yeah, well, that's like 60 years. So 45 years after they could phone from New York to San Francisco, they could fly. They could fly. 45 years later, they could fly from LA to New York for $301. Sure. So I'm going to test your knowledge now. Yes. If I said to you, do you want to go Google bowling? Do you know what that means? Because this is my jargon, my digital jargon. Google bowling. Google bowling. So I was saying, so I'm saying to you, let's go Google bowling. We're sitting in our team now. Dean's eyes are flattering. He's thinking back. I'd be sitting with Dean saying, Dean, let's go Google bowling. Do you know what that actually means? So we're probably on a Google Hangout and different bowling arenas all over the place with nope. colored balls and this virtual is screens. Jargon. So here, okay. here's the answer. It's maliciously trying to lower competitors' website standing with Google. So negative SEO. 
This is the new trend that's coming out. Mm. So what you, you know, people have been spending their time and effort on SEO to get their own page up. They're going, well, hold on a second. Why don't we rather spend time and effort as well in getting undoing people's <laughs> stuff? So you can go Google bowling. You can maliciously take down someone else's site. Um, we didn't Why get can't to we all chat. just get along? Seriously? No, I know, but this <laughs> is the, the nature. We didn't even look at AR this week or VR or any of those cool things. Interesting thing about AR. Yes. Just a quick one. Tell so me. We, we, I mentioned how Google is this font of knowledge. Surprise, surprise. Uh, if you didn't know that, where have you been? But we who, know… Google who? Google. Just Google. Let me Google that for you. Um, but you can find out pretty much anything that you need to find out. If you need to know how to do something or what something is, you can find out. AR has gone one step further with object recognition being yes, built into you did. That's a great reality. way to finish. Yes. We'll leave that one quickly. Yeah. So now I need to – I use my augmented reality, my new iPhone, because it will be built in soon. And uh, I take a I hover over a, a radish, and it will show me that it is, A, a radish, because it will recognize it. It will say a radish is this. It was originally grown in Amsterdam or wherever. I'm – don't quote me on any of this, but it'll tell you all the facts of where it came from, where it was first put into major produce. But it, you could go as far as saying, well, I want to grow my own, and how does this work? More importantly, your that car must breaks. must have been in Amsterdam. Oh, no, they smoked their own. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they smoked radish before the green stuff arrived. <laughs> um, your car breaks down, and you need to know what's wrong because the AA roadside service person uh, using the bit vest snap drive thing needs to know what's going on. You just hover your uh, object recognition augmented reality app over the engine and it will tell you oh well look if something's wrong it's probably this this or this and it'll recognize the engine parts it'll tell you that's the manifold gasket that's the intake valve that's this this your this is how you change a, a spark plug if you have to do that so it won't just you won't have to figure out that that is a spark plug you just hover over it'll tell you that's a spark plug that's what's broken go I fix see, that that's awesome and again so we've been fighting for sort of well, we've been focusing on the gimmick of augmented reality, virtual reality. What are the cool things that it does? But what are the practical, amazing things that it does? That actually drives the next level of innovation. And object recognition is Right. It. So now after that, I have to throw you under the bus quickly with your, your thought of the day because we're going to start getting the wrap-up signal soon. But before you go into it, I'll give you a chance to even think about it. It's amazing how AR, which has been around for a while, was like thought of like, meh. And now everyone is focusing on AR. The biggest companies in the world are grabbing these guys and buying them up at a furious rate. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, well, I've got tons of stuff lined up. In fact, give me a couple of weeks. I'm going to have a very interesting guest come and speak to us about AR. Awesome. Um, that's just the, the little hint. Okay. But what this guy's doing with, with simplification of AR is <clears throat> definitely going to help it become even more mainstream. Thought of the day. Uh, we're an instant gratification society, and we need to make sure that if we want to have that instant gratification, that we have all the resources and things that we want when we want them. So being needy is good because it will drive innovation. And I think that the, the fact that we're an instant gratification thing means that we have to stop looking at what we can have now, but how we can have it more in the future. So yes, be needy. Yes, want instant gratification, but also ask how are we going to keep it up? And I think that's keep it up. Keep it up. <laughs> and, and, and on that thought, lines. until yeah, go for it. <laughs> Dean, thank you. Thanks for popping in. Hopefully, uh, it was insightful, and we're looking forward to you. So Dean's going to be almost our researcher now, and give us some nice, cool stuff, and keep us yep. honest. I need to wrap it up, Dean, Brett. Before you say that, yes, wrap up the thought of the day. Be needy. Have idea sex. 
<laughs> and then until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Cliffcentral.com.